0: couldn't get it cleanly it's gonna be played out and down the ice and that one's gonna bounce down and that is gonna do it the ubc thunderbirds with an upset for the ages as they knock off the number one seed university of alberta golden bears and the t-birds are going to the national tournament unbelievable
1: At the blue line. Gets it. Nickle. Let's go!
0: 1995, the Vanier Cup will reside
2: in Calgary. Now we welcome to the podcast a very big guest, Rod Peterson. He's the former radio voice of the CFL Saskatchewan Rough Riders, where he called 20 plus years of Canada's marquee football team. And now he hosts the Rod Peterson Show daily on Facebook and national television with the Game Plus Network. He's got his finger on the pulse of Saskatchewan sports, and that's why we've got him here today. Welcome to the show, Rod.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, guys.
2: Happy to have you here. And it's uh, Casey and I. We didn't introduce ourselves at the beginning of the show. You're from Saskatchewan. Paint a bit of a picture about what the sporting landscape looks like in Saskatchewan and where do different sports sort of fit in into that sporting landscape?
0: Well, you know, you mentioned right off the hop there that the Rough Riders are the marquee franchise of the CFL. So for the longest time, they were the only pro team for like 100 years. And now we've got the Saskatchewan Rush of the NLL. Uh, We have the CEBL Saskatchewan Rattlers. Both those teams are based in Saskatoon, and they get very upset if if we ever say that the Riders are the only pro team. And we've got five Western Hockey League teams. We have 11 SJHL teams. We've got University Sports with U of S Huskies, U of R Rams. Um, So that kind of covers what I'm involved in. I work with all those leagues in various capacities. And to be honest with you, when I worked for the Riders for 20 years, it kind of sucks up your whole life. case Casey knows with the Alouettes, when you're with a team, it's really all you have time for. And then when I left the Rough Riders, because I worked uh, 17 years in the Western Hockey League between Regina and Prince Albert, it doesn't get its credit for being a hockey province. I mean, you guys have probably heard that per capita Saskatchewan produces more NHL players than any other province or state, so I would say between the two sports um, football and hockey are about even, although I had a guy tell me today hockey's probably more popular, and uh, I wasn't willing to debate him on that, so <laughs> those are the two those are the two main sports, football and hockey and what is it about
2: Saskatchewan that has such a great following for u sports the c f l and the s j h l where you might not see these smaller leagues get quite a following in major cities
0: well, I think have you guys been here for one? That might be a good place to start. Do you, do you, have you been here and do you know many Saskatchewan people? Absolutely no.
2: <laughs> I have a f- large contingent of my family from Saskatchewan, but I haven't actually been to the
0: province uh, since I was five years old or so. Okay, well, Casey, you have to put it on your bucket list for one. I mean, It's already there. <laughs> okay, good. Well, the stadium, obviously, you've seen it on TSN with Rough Riders games. It's this, it was designed by the same stadium designer as Cowboys Stadium. And the new stadium going in LA—it's an absolute jewel. And when you ask about the popularity of sports, when there's national events like the briar the World Juniors, uh, national figure skating championships, Saskatchewan's like a six-inch putt that it's going to be successful and it's going to be supported. And you know, I I, I had coffee today with a with an SJHL guy who's originally from Toronto, and he loves the Junior A scene in Saskatchewan because the crowds are big and it means so much to the communities. So. It has a little to do with the people of Saskatchewan in that we like to lend each other a hand if they need it. We'll give you the shirt off our back. Some would say entertainment starved. We don't have the arts of Montreal or Vancouver and some of the things that you guys have. So I guess sports is the biggest thing. And for my role, having been on the air for as long as I have in this province, TV, radio, print, uh, online, you just feel like you're doing something really important every day for the people of this province. They're really in tune to what, we're doing so. I guess it's it's the hardworking nature of Saskatchewan people wanting to give each other a hand, and, and maybe the lack of other entertainment options. I know that sounds bad, but that that's our thing, and we're kind of proud of it.
1: Nice. So shifting a little bit more now to U Sports in general. Yeah. You mentioned um, the U of S Huskies and the U of R uh, Cougars and Rams. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on what those guys mean to the community? Just because from an outsider's perspective, they seem to have an amazing following.
0: Well, <clears throat> I'll start with the Huskies because they draw the most. I mean, um, for one, the men's hockey has been amazing for the last 20 to 30 years. The women's basketball team just won the national championship, the bronze baby, as you know, and then, and then the Huskies in Saskatoon. Like, Saskatoon is the biggest province in, or sorry, biggest city in the province. It's close to 300,000 population, and they draw seven to 9,000, depending on the night. That's pretty good for youth sports football. And with the Rams – the very first event ever at Mosaic Stadium was a Rams-Huskies game, and it drew 16,000 people. I know the Rams were saying, would you please come back to our next games here? And it hasn't come anywhere close to that. But the one thing about these kids is the U of S offers a really good agriculture program. So a lot of this is a far, our number one industry is agriculture in Saskatchewan. So a lot of these strapping farm boys go to the U of S to, to become grows, is what they call them. Play for the Huskies football and hockey team, or basketball, whatever's your thing. But they're local kids. So that probably has a lot to do with the following of the sports. And then with the Rams, uh, well, both my brothers played for the U of R Cougar men's hockey team. But with the Rams, there's a really strong culture. They were the winningest junior football team in Canadian history before they went to CIS at the time, and then U Sports. And just the Rams have a culture of the players staying and becoming policemen, firemen, first responders, that kind of thing. So it's a tremendous culture. It means a lot to the youth of the province to have been a Husky or a Ram. I'm a little jealous. I went to Mount Royal in Calgary, and um, I'm kind of viewed as an outsider on the university sports scene here. I cheer for MRU whenever they come out here, but I do feel like a bit of an outsider because there's a really strong culture for the university programs here.
2: And you mentioned the University of Saskatchewan men's hockey team. Have you visited the new arena, merlis Belcher Place?
0: I, you know, it's funny because the Rough Riders training camp is about 100 yards away from the merlis Belcher. So I saw it being constructed literally from a hole in the ground to being finished. And then I haven't been up there since it opened. And I'll be honest, it was kind of a downer for Saskatoon people that, if you noticed, it's been designated as a hospital if needed. Because of COVID concerns, university sports has been wiped out for the fall schedule. Now there's some question about the winter schedule for hockey and basketball. So Casey mentions that Saskatchewan's on her bucket list. My bucket list is Myrtle Belcher Arena. I, I did meet the manager of the arena, Jay, at Wendell Clark's Classic Bar and Grill in Saskatoon that long ago. He's given me a stat, or this winter, when uh, David Ayer was was in town the Leafs sensation goalie, or I guess Carolina sensation. So I'll be going to the, right, going to Carolina. I'll be going to the Merlis Belcher as soon as I can, as soon as it opens for hockey.
2: I was actually calling the Ryerson Rams men's hockey game against Western University that night. That David Ayers uh, was put in net against the Maple Leafs for their Hurricanes, and of course, he's the arena facilities manager at the arena. I was calling the game in, and I'm on the headset. I'm fully focused on the game, and everyone around me is going crazy. Little do we know that our boss is going in net against the Maple Leafs ten blocks away. Uh, so <laughs> that was a pretty surreal moment for me, at least, um, in U Sports hockey. And I know we actually, we rank the Merlis Belcher place as the nicest arena in Canada West. And when we bring out our arena rankings for the whole country, don't be surprised if you see it in the top two or three. Well, I should
0: tell you that, that that David Ayers was at Wendell Clarks that night. So I spent a lot of time with both him and his wife. She does most of the talking. But I couldn't believe how much he loves ice. Like it's his whole life. Just talking about Zamboni, ice making he is more excited about that than playing goal. So he's, yeah, you guys got a good one there.
1: I can't wait to meet him. As <laughs> soon as I found out where he works, my dad was like, "You have to meet him. You have to get his autograph." He embarrassed the Leafs, and I mean, we're Habs fans. So the second I anyway, <laughs> you loved it, yeah, a little silly. We're all for it.
0: Quiet but, guy, but
1: yeah. You touched briefly on uh, COVID with the designation of the hospital um, and that you also mentioned a little bit about kind of the cancellation of youth sports, at least for the fall term. How do you see that affecting? Because you said the culture was so ingrained in or the football was so ingrained in the culture and now we know there will be no football and hockey is a big question mark. What kind of impact do you see that having for this season? Well,
0: Scott Flory, Canadian Football Hall of Famer, is the coach of the Huskies football team and he was on my show a week after the announcement that they were canceling canceling fall sports. And he was actually very calm and very reasoned in his answer for it. And he he didn't really shrug it off, but he was like, listen, it is what it is. Our football stadium's undergoing renovations as it is. This will give us the opportunity to finish it fully, and we'll all come back for football in 2021. Now, keeping in mind, it was actually days after the announcement. He wasn't very clear on a lot of the answers in terms of what does this mean for scholarships? What does this mean for eligibility? So if you ask me what it does to the culture, there's a lot of very glum people around here. I would almost say on the tip of depression, almost. That's how upset people are because of how much sports means here. I mean, we don't have the high case numbers that you guys have in your centers. I mean, we've done pretty good at keeping COVID out. Um, so a lot of them are sitting there going, why aren't we playing? And You know, you're talking about university enrollment and online classes and that type of thing. They're saying, listen, if we can if we can go to school and our campus is basically COVID free, why can't we play? And these are answers that the universities um, are still having to answer.
2: And what sort of thing would you like for the universities going forward from this tough moment? How do you want to see them sort of rebuild after this?
0: You know what? It's a really good question. And I've talked to coaches from across Canada West. What they would like to see is a bigger effort to get fans into the building. Here's a, here's a, Ben, one quote from a coach who said, in America, sports funds the universities. We have it upside down in Canada where the universities fund the sports. And he'd like to see the sports be a lot more self-sustainable in terms of marketing the events getting them on national television and making it a thing. Because there was a period a few years ago where the Rams, the Canada West football was on regular cable. They were starting to get a big following and it, it led to, I believe, bigger crowds. So I'd, I'd like to see it marketed a little better. I would also like to see, and I don't know any university that does this. Maybe you do. One cost, maybe it's $500 for the year, that gets you a pass to get into all games men's and women's volleyball, men's and women's basketball, softball if that's your thing, football, hockey. One pass gets you into all of them. I think that would make a really big difference. But we need a lot more civic pride or university pride as well once we graduate to go back and watch. I don't think it's all on the universities. It has a lot to do with the public. Just marketing the players, community involvement, if the players are willing to do that, we just gotta get people in the venues.
2: I know UBC used to have a bit of a program. They called it the Blue Crew and it was just for students. I think it was $200 and you got access to everything, sort of what you speak of. And personally, I think if you get students into the buildings, that should be your target market, not necessarily the communities outside
0: of the student body. (laughs) Well, you know what? It should start there. Absolutely. It should start with the student body. And then from there, get alum in. That's just what I'm saying. You know, Joe Blow may not feel connected to the university if he didn't go there or she didn't go there but it should it should start with the students I mean I think all universities have this across Canada that athletes students do get in free we had it at Mount Royal we went to all the games with our buddies because it was cheap (laughs) you know and we were we were looking to get together and have a good time I go to these university games here and you don't see that a whole lot so and part of the reason is the venue the um, facilities aren't on campus U of S it is Myrtle Spelcher's on campus Griffith Stadium's on campus, but in Regina, hardly any of them are. The Rams practice at the U of R, but they don't play at the U of R. So it becomes a bit of a problem if you're going to go to the uh, facility and you want to party with your friends, how are you going to get back? So a little more work needs to be put in. And I know it's been discussed, but it's clearly easier said than done. And so
2: with the, uh, with the CFL and CJHL both taking up a lot of uh, attention to sports in the province, where does this leave you sports if you were sort of to rank the
0: different leagues in terms of following? it's a good question. Like I said, we've had some new teams added here to the landscape. The universities have been around for a long time. I would say Rough Riders are number one, uh, obviously. Western Hockey League's up there because it's spread around five different venues. And then university sports. I think there's tremendous coverage of university sports in the province. And with our show, because it's digital, same as yours, you can see the numbers of the viewers, right? Our numbers don't go down when we bring on the university coaches. So uh, I would say it's pro and the university and junior hockey are, are right around the same. For different reasons.
2: If you were to kind of take a look at back at your many years of covering Saskatchewan sports, what are some memories that really stand out to you?
0: Um, boy, well, there's a lot, I would say, to be honest with you, the women's national basketball championships when they were in Regina, uh, just a few years ago, uh, time flies now and they've been here twice. I think it was 2016 was the one that I remember. Unfortunately, as you know, the women's basketball tournament is very, national tournament is very unforgiving. You you lose your first game and you're out. It's a March Madness, you know, single elimination tournament, but I remember this. The We call it the White House, the Center of Kinesiology, Health, and Sport. We call it the White House because you're probably familiar with Dick White. He's now the Acting Commissioner of U Sports. He was the AD at U of R for 30-some years. We, so we call it the White House for Dick White. It had an NBA feel. I've been to NBA venues all over North America. The place was packed. The electricity was there. Unfortunately, U of R didn't make it anywhere near the final. I believe they lost their first game, and they were toast. So just being in the venue for that was amazing. Um, The Rams making it all the way to the Vanier Cup in 2000. It was just their second year. I believe it was their second year of being in U sports to go from the number one junior program of all time to university football and be in the national championship in your second year of existence. That was very exciting. It captivated the entire province. That's the one thing. They might not all be paying attention throughout the regular season, but when a Saskatchewan team starts to go far, everybody – picks up and pays attention. So that was that was one really cool thing with the Rams making it to the Vanier Cup.
1: Shifting to the CFL, which is my favorite place. Um, mm, good. How do you see... Because as of right now, the RSCQ has not made a decision to postpone their football season or to cancel their football season outright. So it's looking like Quebec teams are going to go ahead and play. How do you see that impacting the rest of the U sports landscape and in return the CFL?
0: Well, it kind of... Let's put it this way. Everybody's watching Quebec very closely. <laughs> OUA, Canada West, Athletic Conference, everybody's watching it very closely to see how Quebec pulls it off. But from a CFL perspective, the scouts and the GMs are very concerned that they're probably going to have a draft next spring. And if these other conferences aren't playing, those players aren't going to be able to showcase themselves. Not to mention the pursuit of a national championship and a Vanier Cup. But those, if those Quebec players are able to play, How it will affect the CFL is you're going to see a lot of them get drafted because the scouts have been able to watch their games. That's a a big part of it, to be honest with you. And we always hear Laval, 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 but the defending champions, Montreal. So, or sorry, they made it to the championship. They lost to Calgary, as you know. But that would be the big one. Um, Exposure for the athletes and the other conferences won't be what Quebec's able to boast. So there's already a lot of Quebec players in the CFL. There will be a lot more.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I personally, living in Quebec, I don't see how we're supposed to pull off an RSCQ football yeah. season. But I'm not in charge. So, also in terms of the CFL, the idea of Winnipeg as a hub city has been floated. What are your thoughts around that, or do you see universities themselves playing a part in the CFL return?
0: Well, you know, it's uh, it kind of depends where you stand on COVID. I mean, again, we're sitting in Saskatchewan where the case numbers are low. Winnipeg hasn't even had a single case for like a week. So it's hard for us to sit here and say, why aren't we playing? Why isn't the economy open, right? Because it hasn't, we're not wearing masks. So you don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse. I mean, the CFL has a lot of issues to face before they even think about playing games anywhere. I believe if they find a formula to play, and that includes A, get money from the federal government to fund it, and that includes paying players. B, getting the players to agree to the deal, because the ones I talked to don't really like this deal. And then see if the health and safety protocols are followed properly, because look what's happening with the NHL. You see the MLS just started tonight. I can't wait to turn that on and see if they're actually playing. Because I'm the guy that's saying, I'll believe it when I see it. For all these leagues. So if they're able to pull it off in the bubble in MLS, then why can't we do it in the CFL? But we're talking about young men here. Ben is one. Sometimes they don't listen too closely. So there's some fear with CFL management types that they're going to be able to even keep the players in their hotels. Uh, It was brought up to me today. It's one thing to have players sequestered in the hotel. What if if they're trying to sneak people in? That kind of thing. So I think the one thing is the players, you know, the uh, culture of a team. If it's like, hey, you leave the hotel and you get contract coronavirus, we're all going down. So they're going to have to police themselves, which I think can happen in a team culture. But it's just it's it's the it's the steps ahead of that. It's getting it funded by Ottawa and B getting the players to want to play because a six game season is what they're talking about, which is even less than you sports. Football six games is a third of what their salary calls for. That's why the players are kind of balking at this. Plus, they're talking about playing in only four or five days rest. So I'm with you. You say with Quebec sports, you don't know how they're going to pull it off. I see it the same at the CFL. I'll believe it when I see it because a lot of things got to happen.
2: And I know on your show, you've spoken about how there's a difference between setting up a bubble in, say Winnipeg or somewhere in Canada than there is in Orlando where you're trying to keep the athletes safe from the people in Orlando because there's such a high case rate there. But here you're trying to keep the community safe from the athletes because they could be bringing in COVID-19
0: cases. Especially if over half your players are American. That's the other thing, is the ratio for a CFL team right now. You carry 44 players, three quarterbacks, which don't count to the ratio. Just over half of the players are American. In this new model that we're hoping to get approved, to get the CFL on the field, will as many Americans want to come up if they're playing for a third of their salary? And with the U.S.-Canada exchange rate, they're still going to have cost-of-living expenses and all the rest. So... Maybe it's more Canadian players, you know, back to your question, Casey, but how does this all impact things? You might see some guys that have been Canadian players, football players that have been out of football for a year, two or three that have an opportunity to play pro football. They're going to probably take it. They just hope that they've been in shape and maybe they've been playing flag or that kind of thing. But I think that there's going to be some jobs open because they're not going to be as many Americans up here as we're used to seeing and that, that would be very cool. Like, Further down the line, when we come out of the pandemic, we're talking about two different versions of the CFL. Will it be 90% Canadian, like this league was built on with just a few Americans, or will it be the NFL riding to the rescue, writing a really big check to the CFL to keep it alive by saying, hey, we're giving you the money. We have some things we want here, and that is we want it called NFL Canada. We'll stock your rosters with our prospects. That's the other thing. And, and all Canadian football people are saying that's got to be a last resort. And I'm saying, well, if that's what's going to save the CFL, we're not going to have a choice.
2: And since you left the job calling CFL games, you've gone on to a lot of different projects, including your show. Just sort of uh, speak about your life, what it looks like after uh, leaving the booth of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well,
0: you know what? It's a lot of interviews like this, which is cool because I enjoy them. And the show started out digitally, and then just last week, we debuted on Game Plus Television, which is in over a million homes across Canada. In Quebec, Videotron carries it on the cable package. So that's kind of neat. It's, uh, you know, I used to, like I, my whole life was taken up by the Rough Riders, and I was hated in Winnipeg, and hated in Calgary, and hated <laughs> in other markets. And I was like, listen, watch, by Labor Day, they're going to love me in Winnipeg. Well, it took a little longer than that. But now it's able, we have a lot more topics, Ben, to talk about because we talk about the whole Canadian Football League, not the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And with the decline of mainstream media and cuts in mainstream media, there's still fans want coverage of university sports. We do a lot of coverage of university sports and the CFL is not covered as much in Toronto and Vancouver. So we do a lot of that. So it's been fun kind of reinventing myself and and how we go about things. So I've I've really enjoyed it. Now I can't beat the two-hour workday. We do a two-hour show, and uh, that's nice.
1: What were your original ideas behind the show, like before you kind of created it, other than getting yourself to be unhated in labor <laughs>
0: markets? Well, that was the number one goal. But I'll, I'll say this. Fair enough. When I, when I left that Rough Rider thing, I mean, I, I have a whole other career as a recovery coach in mental health and substance abuse. And I work with athletes, entertainers, uh, military so I was like willing to walk away and just do that because it's a very rewarding career. When you're affecting people's lives positively, I always felt that's a lot more noble than yakking on the radio. But I had a couple of guys come to me and say, listen, we, a, they were a tech company and they said, we have a concept here of a talk show, but we haven't found a host that we think can move the needle and get people to watch. Would you consider hosting this show on Facebook Live? And I said, uh, yeah, but there's a few conditions. One, I just want to show up and talk. I don't want to do all the other stuff. You guys line up the guests. You guys do the social media. You guys do the sales. They're like, yeah, that's exactly what we want to do. So we started June 3rd of last year. We've done 271 shows. And a lot of things happen along the way that I didn't expect. One is buy-in from the sports community, like yourselves. And you know, Ben's obviously mentioned that he's watched. Um, that and then the, the big names that we've had on, NFL stars, CFL stars, NHL stars. This is one thing I heard from the writers back in the day for years is the players don't want to be interviewed. The players want to be left alone. Well, once I was free of that and doing my own show, the players want to be interviewed. The players want to get their followers up. The players want to build their brands, you know. So that all guys are jumping all over each other to get on the show. Like our, our DMs are crammed with players saying, can you get me on? For Black Lives Matter was a big one because players wanted to come on and give their thoughts, particularly American players that grew up in this and just explain what their lives were like. It's just, it's not really your normal sports talk show. We call it a talk show, almost like the view for sports fans. So every morning, that's what I always build it as, was the view for sports fans. It's a coffee get together. And now, what are we, 100 plus days in the pandemic? I haven't added it up lately. I stopped counting at 100 days of the pandemic. People keep saying, how are you talking about sports when there's no sports? I'm like, leave that to me. <laughs> Tune it in. There's news. And just guys like to come on and tell stories and get things off their chest. So that's what the show's become. And when Game Plus came knocking on the door, I don't even remember how that started, but they said, we want nothing to change. Rod, dress the same way you do, talk about the same things, have the same guests. We want to carry the exact show that you're doing, but on national television. I mean, you can imagine it feels as good as you'd think it would. It's pretty cool.
2: That's really all the questions
0: we've got, but Rod, thanks so much for coming on the show today with Casey and I. Well, it's fun. Thanks guys.